Welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk. I'm your host, Joe D. Coming to you for the final episode of season two with my co-host, LT. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. We're at the finale now. Yeah, we, we're wrapping up too, man. Tell me tell me how you feel about all this now, man. We completed season one, audio, season two, audio and video. You know, what's up? How you I feel doing? good. I feel good, man. We're we in our own place. You know what I'm saying? It, it feels good. You know, all, all the developing, you know, all the, you know, all, everything has led up to, to this point. And it's a, it's a good feeling, man. How about you? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Well, you know what it is. This podcast is designed to spread knowledge, teach, and inform the listener and viewer about the positive advancement of Virginia athletes born or raised. And you know what it is when you're born and raised. Uh, today's episode, we're bringing you Lisa Dillard, Tab legend, CNU one-year legend, Clemson legend, Virginia legend. Yes, I said it. That's five-time Hall of Famer because we've got Tab, CNU, Clemson, Virginia. Oh, my goodness, man. Just That's so real. Different. Four times, not five. Wow. Like, how many people can say that? You know, and so to have her on is a blessing, and uh, we look forward to this one. So let's go ahead and tune in to the interview. All right, and welcome to Commonwealth Sports Talk. We have Lisa Dillard with us. Uh, just wanted to go ahead and name her accolades already. Uh, lots of them in front of me. I've got a seven-time high school state champion individual coming out of high school along with entering into CNU and uh, setting a great example of one year at CNU winning uh, nationals with her division three team winning it and also winning five individual awards. So, uh, you know, that's just the beginning of what we're about to talk about. And I just wanted to welcome you, Lisa, to the show. Um, well, thank you, Joe. Nice to be here. Absolutely. For inviting me. Absolutely. Lamont, you uh, want to go ahead and kick us off or you want me to do it? You know, we're going to free, freelance this one, but we know what all the information is. Yeah. Um, well, we're, first of all, we're glad to have you on, well, on thank you, Sports Talk. I, uh, we, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been a long time in the making here. So um, first things first, we wanted to uh, kind of figure out when did you know or when did you kind of realize that? You're going to have to answer that question again because you didn't froze up or it got quiet. Lisa, can you talk? Yeah, I can, I, but I couldn't hear his question. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I'll, I'll go again. Yeah, ask um, the question again. We'll cut it through to it. Okay. So uh, when when did you realize, you know, that you were what you were in, in track? When did you realize that, you know, it was, you know, a thing that you could excel in and, and, and be uh, be so great at? Um. Well, actually, I didn't know. You know, basketball was probably my first love. And um so I kind of grew up with like uh, a lot of my cousins and we all played um, together. So I was more of like a basketball, softball person, um, but basketball was, was my first love. And um, I just uh, basically uh, was in middle school and was on the softball team. And um, we were playing for the championship game and we decided to go back to our middle school and practice. And um, it was raining. So as we, we decided to you know go inside and we were like batting on the baseline and a good friend of mine uh, who was on the team, she was in front of me and um, she swung the bat and the bat handle flew, um, you know, off the bat and it, the bat hit me right in the mouth. Um, and so um, I, I ended up getting stitches and everything. So that kind of made me shy away from uh, softball. Um, never touched a bat or a ball again after that. Um, and so um, a lot of my cousins though, they were on the softball team and stuff like that. So. Once we got to high school, um, 
I still really wanted to, you know, play softball, but I, I just couldn't, I was just afraid. Um, and so, um, but I'd sit on the fence and I'd watch them practice and stuff like that. And then, you know, one day the high school uh, track coach who I had met earlier when I was in middle school, cause we just did like a Hershey track and field meet. And he asked me to run, um, you know, with, with a group of girls. And I, and I said, okay. Um, but once we got to high school, I was more like, um, you know, just into basketball and wanted to play softball, but just didn't have the guts to, to pick up that bat and ball again. And so I'd go to the fence and I'd watch everybody play. And then one day the high school coach came over to me and asked me, um, you know, why didn't I come out and run track? And I, I kind of really didn't want to because, I, you know, with track, there's nothing to it but running. Um, and so I was like, I don't think I really want to do that but I was very competitive and I just couldn't see myself just like kind of sitting on the sideline doing nothing while, you know, all my cousins and friends were playing sports. So I talked to a good friend of mine into coming out to track with me. Um, and we, you know, and she did and, you know, and that, that's kind of history from there. Um, you know, I ran, I still, you know, I kind of did it for fun. Um, didn't really think I was really good at it. Um, then I started running and, and doing well in meets and, you know, I'm still still just like a, a humble person. Even though I was winning, I just could, I didn't see the good in myself um, and, or that I could be good. Um, but um, so finally I just settled in and, you know, I just put my head down and, and I was like, you know, if you're going to do this, you might as well put 100% into it. So, um, you know, that's when I just started working hard and um, I, I realized that I did have, you know, something that a lot of people didn't have. I had God-given talent and, um with that God-given talent, I worked my butt off. So um, I also worked really hard. And, um, you know, after a while, I, you know, by the time I was like a senior in high school um, and actually a junior, and then I started getting some college offers and stuff like that. And I was like, hmm, this might be something that, you know, there, there might be something in this. That's awesome. So we just kind of went from there. That's awesome. That's good. Origin story is always good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you had time at CNU and that was a, a very fast turnover. Um, but how was it to leave CNU and go to Clemson? Like, what was that? How did that feel? What was the advantages or did, was it hard leaving that group? Um, it was hard leaving the group, but I knew um, that my, my plan was to only really stay there for one year, maybe two at the most. Um, as my age group track coach, Ron Garner, who I um, ran for uh, in the inside track club, he got the job um, or was a coach at CNU. Um, and he was a really good guy. And I just wanted to follow him because I knew he cared about me as a person, not just me as a, you know, an athlete or somebody who could run fast, but he truly cared about me as a person. So, um, and, and I was one of those people who was kind of like a homebody and I didn't really know if I wanted to go you know, away for college. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to stay close to home. Um, and so that for me was also like a good, um, it was like a good learning year. Um, also to kind of get my feet wet a little bit to see what it was like to go to college. Also to, you know, to be able to um, deal with, you know, handling, handling classes and practices and stuff like that. So, um, and then um, he, I guess after my first year, Ron got the, the head coaching job at Clemson. Um, and then he asked me, um, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, he was okay with if I wanted to stay at CNU, but he was more than welcome. You know, he was like, I got big plans for you. So if you want to come to Clemson, I'd love to, to take you with me. Um, and so by that time, I had really got adjusted to college. And, you know, I realized that it was going to be okay to, you know, to leave home and, and go ahead and do what I needed to do. And so, um, so I accepted, you know, his offer and, and chose to go to Clemson, but it was hard leaving my friends at CNU. Um, and then coach Brown at CNU had always been good to me. So that part I really, you know, hated, but I, he knew I was ready and, and he didn't have any issues or problems with me, you know, being at CNU for one year and then leaving. So that was Vince Brown, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Wow. I mean, that's a heck of a transition. And I, I definitely know that this was a while back and for that transition to happen so smooth like that, that was a blessing in disguise because it is hard to leave from home and, and be in unfamiliar territory. 
and uh, not have that that comfortable feeling. So when you went to Clemson, I'm guessing that was a home environment already walking into it with uh, having coach and having that familiarity. Um, yeah, Ron was, he, he made that transition so much easier. And um, he also, we, we used to have this thing that he used to call the Virginia Pipeline. So he would um, actually, um, you know, recruit people from Virginia. And so we would, um, you know, once we got to Clemson, it, it was it was almost instant family because there was like, you know, three or four of us that were from Virginia. And, um, you know, we all got to know each other. We were... Um, not just you know teammates but we were all legitimately very good friends and we all can they were my sisters and even to this day you know we've established bonds and you know it's you know 20 20 or so years later and we're still all good friends we still talk to each other we still communicate and um so that was a blessing you know i never had any sisters but um you know i got some sisters at that time so Awesome. Yeah, that's that's real good. Um, you want to talk a little bit about those relationships? Like, uh, we know that you know specifically, you know, you and Kim, you know, was a, was a real duo. You want to you want to talk about that that relationship between the two of you and how you guys pushed each other on the track? Um. Yeah. So, um, Kim was uh, I was a year older than Kim. Um. So, um, basically, you know, my freshman year, um, I really, I was the first, basically the first uh, sprinter that Clemson ever had because their program was basically just all distance runners. Um, and so there was a group of about four of us that came in, you know, a couple of sprinters. Um, we didn't even have enough to make a relay team, you know, my first year. Um, but um, so it, it was more of a, um, just like a, a big sister, little sister type thing. We both, we were very team oriented and team was first. Um, and so, we all wanted each other to do well because if we all did well, that benefited the team. So there was really, I, I, I can honestly say there was really no robbery. Um, we just all pushed each other because we wanted everybody to do the best that they could. And we wanted everybody to go out there and compete and work hard. And um, that would basically benefit the team. And, you know, like I said, we started out with, um, you know, not even a whole team, not even enough to make a relay team. And, you know, with all of our hard work and Ron's recruiting and bringing in other coaches and, you know, and, and we were AC, we ended up winning the ACC. So we were ACC champs and that was really good to see something like that happen. Um, mm -hmm. Knowing from where we started. Wow. ACC champs. Yeah. That's definitely tough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw some more accolades out because in 1990, she ran a 55 and 6.86. That was fifth in the nation. Like, we're talking Division One, fastest time in the nation. Um, wow. Ninety outdoor season. She goes in 100 meters in 11.48. Fourth in the nation. LTI ain't ran that yet. I have never touched that time. Yeah, I think my time's up. My time has never got that. Yeah. So I wouldn't have wanted to step on the track with you. And, and let me tell you something. I remember you said not enough for a, a relay team. That's the first thought I had. I said, man, I ran hurdles. How do you think I felt going to pin relays every year? I was like, I just need one more hurdle. Like, we would have three good hurdlers, and we'd yeah. be too short every year. And I was like, can we have four, please, just so we can go and run these shuttle hurdles? That's heartbreaking. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know the building up of that. Um, but those are some great numbers. I mean, we're talking four-time All-American, um, you know, Clemson Hall of Fame 2001. I mean, that's just that's just a whole list of accomplishments that is coming from a humble person. And I mean, really, you're really my role model. I ran college track because of you. I saw track from your perspective. I saw track as the only sport that every other family member wasn't doing. Like everybody put basketball on the court. We love basketball in our family. Everybody watches football, played it. And, yeah. um, you know, so, and then everybody had their other one, like Molly with softball and, and multiple softball players and baseball players. And I was like, for track, I was like, you know, track just gives you an opportunity to showcase your best skill. And right. so I was like, I, I, I swear, Lisa, sophomore year, I thought just like you. 
what can I do not to run out here as much as I have to? And so right. I was like the hurdles, the high jump, the triple jump, <laughs> the long jump, and the four by one. And you had to fight to be on a four by one because you had to be the top four fastest. So you right. know, I was wiggling in and out of that. I didn't make that role until like senior year, but hey, I was like, I'm, let me find things that I'm good at and talented at before I just be out here running for no reason. So, exactly. <laughs> so I know exactly. that feeling. <laughs> exactly. So that's what, my favorite race to, to watch, by the way. The four by one is so exciting. It is. It's, it's one of those races where, you know, you just, everybody wants to be on that team. And, um, you know, and if you get that opportunity um, to be on a four by one, it's just an amazing feeling because you're just, you know, it's one of those things where you have to work together with your team. And, you know, the most important thing is just getting that stick around and um, the adrenaline. And, you know, once you get on that line and, you know, um, I went from, you know, high school um, being a, you know, being the fastest and, um, you know, being the anchor leg to, um, you know, being more strategically think, you know, done more strategically in college. Um, and I ended up being, being, being a leadoff leg. Really? Uh, yeah. I was, so, um, was you lead yeah. off 91 with the four by one uh, team that plays fifth? Yes. So I led off and all. Kim was anchor. Yes. And Kim was anchor. And um, okay. so we, you know, so we had, you know, you know, we had a pretty good team there. So um, yeah. it was, it was really nice. So, um, but I, I can also say like, you know, through my, all through my track career, I've had good coaches starting with high school with coach Mitchell, um, moving over to, you know, to coach Brown at CNU and, and then coach Garner at um, Clemson. Yeah. That makes a difference. You know, I was blessed. I can honestly say, I, I tell my kids, you know, my daughters now that, you know, and they think I'm crazy when I tell them about the coaches, the coaches that I had and, um, you know, everything that they've experienced now it's just different and um you know so I can honestly say that for me was a blessing you, that's not, not normal and you don't normally get that um but once I got into college um my coach was for me you know he made me work hard he knew it, it's it's an amazing feeling when they see your potential before you see they potential your potential and they make you you know they know how to make you work and bring it out of you and you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start to believe and buy into what they're telling you. Um, and then you just start working harder and harder. And before you know it, you know, you're just right up there with, you know, with some of the best. You're running with some of the best. How it happens, too. And, I mean, big shout out to Freddie Mitchell. He's made our show like three times. So, you know, he, he has really been embarking his route out of that tab tree because I'm a part of it, too. And I, I was just privileged to hear his lessons and hear how everything comes forward. Because one other lesson you taught me, Lisa, is know how to run that curve. It's just, it's to your advantage. It's not right. about the fastest, it's who can run it the best. And I used to be like, oh, okay. So, you know, I ran third in high school and I was like, just killing the curve and loving that, just that aspect of it. And so I really understand how lessons got passed forward. I had Coker driving his van all around campus, running behind us in a van, scaring us half to death, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. definitely a legend at Tab. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely. Good man, good man. <laughs> definitely has some good stories with him. And so the impact of Freddie Mitchell is awesome, like I just finished stating. Um, Four-time All-American. I got one more for you. So how did you continue to push yourself after – you know, having so much success with seeing you, so much success at Clemson, like, how did you continue to say, hey, I'm going to wake up at six in the morning and get better? Hey, I'm going to do what coach asked, and, or I'm going to lead the team, or I'm going to, we're going to do it this way. Like, how did that stay in you? Like, um, for me, it's just always been, been instilled in me that, um, you know, hard work pays off. Um, and then also, I am like, just so competitive. Like, so I just know that, you know, if I step on the track and somebody can beat me or if somebody has a better time on me, then my, I automatically just be like, okay, I'm going to focus on this person. I'm going to get this person. If I don't get them today, I'm, I'm going to eventually get them because I'm going to, and then I just run my race and 
figure out the things that I did wrong. And then I just go back to the drawing board and I work on those things. But I'm a, when, when I'm at practice, I literally work hard. I, I just, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, people will be like, Hey, it's not a me, you know, what are you doing? But I'm like, that's where you, you know, that that's where you get, that's where you, get better at, you know, putting it all out on, you know, on the track at the beginning, you know, I practice just as hard as I run in a meet. So, you know, um, that's the and, one, let me jump in real quick, Lisa. That's the one thing I learned about track is sometimes your practice, not well, most of the time, your practices are way harder than your meets. You right. know, your meets are a breeze. People be talking while the, you know, the athletes are performing. Well, this is their third race in the whole day. Man, do you know how many gastros they done ran? Do you know how many four sixes and eights they done ran? Do you know how many times right. they grew up on the track? Them so repeats. I just had to say, like, I get it, you know. Yeah. And to push yourself is a testament. Like, it's different from high school track to college track. It's oh, yeah. Night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. Night and day. I, You know, I learned that, too. You know, in high school, I used to think some of my high school practices were hard but I, I i'll just forget you know i can share one story the one and i think i've told this story before to a couple of my friends but you know i've never like when i went to college um clemson used to have this thing called the moat um and so before the moat we would uh you'd have to jog the moat well the moat itself is like two miles so you drive you jog the moat um then you come back and you do warm-ups um, and, you know, for us, that would have been my high school practice. That's not even the workout. Um, and so we go do that. We do workouts. We do like six 100 meter strides um, um, and all of that. So, I mean, and that, like you said, that wasn't even a workout. And we had this one field that we would run on. It was like a, um, a rugby field and it would be hot as all get out out there. You could just feel the heat coming up through the grass. And we'd have to do like 600s and 500s. And, um, you know, and so I, I remember the first day I went to practice, I probably thought I was going to die um, because I wasn't used to the hot heat in Clemson. And yeah. like I said, you're already jogging like two and a half miles and that's just a warm up. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we just one of those things where you just work hard and you just, you know, you just, I learned to take at that point, that's where I learned to take one rep at a time. You never worry about what's ahead of you and you don't look back to what's behind you. You just take it one at one at a time. I mean, I felt like I just pulled a hamstring and exactly. hit the wall just listening to that story, bro. Oh yes. <laughs> that's crazy. VA pack first. So you want me to go ahead first with the VA fact? Absolutely, man. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. I'm going to start. My VA fact is going to be Hargrave Basketball, Hargrave Military Academy. All right. This is a breeding ground out here in Hargrave. You know, shout outs to uh, Chatham, Virginia, man. Very, very small town. Let me let me show you a little bit of what Hargrave has breeded. Okay. Terry Rozier, Charlotte Hornets, right? Hargrave Military Academy. Um. Yeah, you got uh, Mike Scott, Philadelphia 76ers, came through Hargrave Military Academy. All right, Trey McGowan's Pittsburgh Panthers, um, Hargrave Military Academy. And now they have actually have a, uh, a new recruit that has just uh, committed to the University of Tennessee. So shout out Corey Walker, um, 6'8". Um, he, he will be attending uh, University of Tennessee to play basketball. Congratulations to that young man. And shout out to Hargrave Military Academy, man. I, I don't really think that they get as much love, um, you know, as they deserve. But definitely, I, I know um, Ryan King there. He is the uh, the director of player personnel, uh, works his butt off, man. And, uh, you know, sh shout out to them, man. And, and there's another one you got to keep your eyes on at a Hargrave Military Academy. Awesome, awesome. I'm gonna uh <laughs> I like that one, man. I like the the way that some programs are known for pumping kids out and getting the best out of them and continuing to be uh grounded enough to continue to get the next one instead of you know falling off and, and, and not being another avenue for children to have an opportunity because that's what it essentially is all about, kids having as many opportunities as possible. So 
big shout out to Mr. Walker. So I'm gonna go ahead and jump into mine. Um, and I'm gonna pause it right there. He can snip it back on because this is gonna cut off. Gonna make sure. Go ahead and give you mine. It's, it's a it's a story I'd like to tell that is a true story, and it's from my hero. So I'm gonna treat it like a free agency story. And uh, there was this guy playing baseball over a bridge and playing in the Central League and doing pretty good, enjoying it, you know. And next thing you know, his family members are in another area playing. And um, he slowly makes this trade, transition. You know, it ain't no trade, it ain't major league, you don't have to pay for it, but trades and comes over to the York Stars. I'm talking about Joe Sr., my dad. Okay. The York Stars. Now in this little short time, I'm young running around and I got to meet all the Gloucester All-Stars. Shout out to Hector, Marlon, AJ, all of the guys over there. And Gloucester and my stepmother's whole family over there in Gloucester. And he comes over to the York Stars, and we are with more dealers than I ever at one time playing sports. And the kin of the next kin, and we in the backwood of the backwood. Do you hear me? Yeah. And, and uh, I loved every single bit of it. I'm talking about from ball boy to being in the parking lot to the cookouts to the fun to the environment. And my dad created that environment for me. Ron Diller created that environment. Melvin Diller played with that. Don Boy, rest in peace, played in that. There were so many. Warren Patrick played. Larry Larry played. It, it was just a, a, a slew of black men teaching the game of baseball. Would you believe that? You know that's, that's love. Art is what it's all about. Yeah, that's love, man. Yeah, so, you know, he had to come over there and they win the title, you know, and be champs and he get paper clippings. My dad got this big, great story, you know. He got the lady, he got the championship. It's <laughs> my guy, man. That's my guy. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I rock with that. It's my dealer story, so. My VA fact is I love the fact that these Dillard family members of mine continued to play sports when I was growing up. They set a, they set a president on how to do it, man. And it's just amazing that we all had that opportunity to use it as a platform in advance. You know, I'm another testament of it and it's just pure blessing. So that's my VA fact, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Absolutely, absolutely. How it happens too. And I mean, big shout out to Freddie Mitchell. He's made our show like three times. So, you know, he, he has really been embarking his route out of that tab tree because I'm a part of it too. And I, I was just privileged to hear his lessons and hear how everything comes forward. Because one other lesson you taught me, Lisa, is know how to run that curve. It's, just, it's to your advantage. It's not right. about the fastest, it's who can run it the best. And I used to be like, oh, okay. So, you know, I ran third in high school and I was like, just killing the curve and loving that, just that aspect of it. And so I really understand how lessons got passed forward. I had Coker driving his van all around campus, running behind us in a van, scaring us half to death. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Coker is definitely a legend at Tab. <laughs> yeah. He, he He's definitely. Good man. Good man. <laughs> definitely has some good stories with him. And so. The impact of Freddie Mitchell is awesome. Like I just finished stating, um, four-time All-American. I got one more for you. So how did you continue to push yourself after, you know, having so much success with seeing you, so much success at Clemson? Like, how did you continue to say, hey, I'm going to wake up at 6 in the morning and get better? Hey, I'm going to do what Coach asked, and, or I'm going to lead the team, or I'm gonna, we're going to do it this way. Like, how did that stay in you, like? Um, for me, it's just always been, in, been instilled in me that, um, you know, hard work pays off. Um, and then also I am like just so competitive. Like, so I just know that 
you know, if I step on the track and somebody can beat me or if somebody has a better time on me, then my, I automatically just feel like, okay, I'm going to focus on this person. I'm going to get this person. If I don't get them today, I'm, I'm going to eventually get them because I'm going to, and then I just run my race and figure out the things that I did wrong. And then I just go back to the drawing board and I work on those things. But I'm a, when, when I'm at practice, I literally work hard. I, I just, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, people will be like, Hey, it's not a me, you know, what are you doing? But I'm like, that's where you, you know, that that's where you get, that's where you get better at, you know, putting it all out on, you know, on the track at the beginning, you know, I practice just as hard as I run in a meet. So, yeah. um, that's the and, one, let me jump in real quick, Lisa. That's the one thing I learned about track is sometimes your practice, not well, most of the time your practices, are way harder than your meets. You right. know, your meets are a breeze. People be talking while the, you know, the athletes are performing. Well, this is their third race in the whole day. Man, do you know how many gastros they done ran? Do you know how many four sixes and eights they done ran? Do you know how many times right. they threw up on the track? The so repeats. I just had to say, like, I get it, you know, yeah. and to push yourself is a testament. Like, it's different from high school track to college track. Oh, it's yeah. Night and day. Yeah, it's night and day, night and day. I, you know, I learned that too, you know, in high school, I used to think some of my high school practices were, were hard, but I, I'll just forget, you know, I can share one story, the one, and I think I've told this story before to a couple of my friends, but, you know, I've never, like when I went to college, um, Clemson used to have this thing called the moat. Um, and so before the moat, we would, uh, you'd have to jog the moat. Well, the moat itself is like two miles. So you drive, you jog the moat, um, then you come back and you do warm ups, um, and you know for us that would have been my high school practice. That's not even the workout, um, and so we go do that. We do workouts. We do like six, one hundred meter strides, um, um, and all of that. So I mean, and that like you said, that wasn't even a workout. And we had this one field that we would run on. It was like a um a rugby field and it would be hot as all get out out there you could just feel the heat coming up through the grass and we'd have to do like 600s and 500s and um you know and so I, I remember the first day I went to practice I probably thought I was gonna die um because I wasn't used to the hot heat in Clemson and yeah. like I said you're already jogging like two and a half miles and that's just a warm-up um and so uh yeah, we just one of those things where you just work hard and you just, you know, you just, I learned to take at that point, that's where I learned to take one rep at a time. You never worry about what's ahead of you and you don't look back to what's behind you. You just take it one at, one at a time. Man, I felt like I just pulled a hamstring and hit the ball just listening to that story, bro. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, well, let's talk a little bit more about the, the fruits of, of the labor that you put in, right? Um, Athletic Hall of Fame for the Lower Virginia Peninsula. Let's talk about some of the names on this list. 2007 inductees, right? First, Allen Iverson. Heard of that guy? Yes, yeah. I've heard of him. Right. Uh, we got Francinia McElroy. We got uh, yourself, Yvette Lewis, Keith Witherspoon. And on and on and on. Like, what what does it mean to be, you know, put with those names in terms of, uh, you know, your athletic accomplishments as far as, you know, those homegrown athletes? Oh, my God. I, to me, that's amazing. You know, those are some pretty big names. And to yeah, know nice. that, um, you know, that I'm a part of that group is, is just a blessing. Um, and, you know, when I look back and, you know, you go back and you, you look at what you did and then you start looking at, you know, what, what, those people did and you're like whoa man you know was i was i'm good like you know was i that good you know how, how could i be included in the same class as them but um and so you know it just makes you feel good about yourself and um just good about the fact that all the work that i put in you know it paid off so um you know i'm really proud of myself for for that and um that was a great class to be inducted into the hall of fame with so I, i'm definitely blessed on that one awesome that's awesome how i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up and ask one big important question how big is it with women in sports i mean how, how big is it for women to utilize sports as a platform or 
just to give themselves more opportunities as you see the numbers advance in uh, women participating as you have full circle with your daughters participating in college with sports? Like how good of a platform is that an opportunity? You know, for me, I think women in sports, it's big. But for, for a lot of people, um, sports is an outlet, um, you know, and um, for, a lot, for a lot of people, especially like, you know, young athletes and stuff like that, without sports, you wouldn't get to experience a lot of the things that, you know, that are out there that are normally you get to experience. You know, as a track athlete, for me, being able to go to Europe, I, you know, without track, I would have never gone to Europe. Um, you know, I ran in, you know, Madison Square Garden, and, you know, just places like that. I went to Olympic trials out in California. So, um, you know, it, it's an outlet for, for people. It gives you that opportunity to, you know, to kind of see the world a little bit and see what's out there. So, um, but I just like for people to know that, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, it is hard work. It is um, dedication. It is commitment. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you do have to give up a, a lot of things, but, um, you know, in the end, it all pays off, and it, and it was all worth it. I, w- I wouldn't change a thing. Absolutely. 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 I'm going to toot the horn just a little more. I mean, when you're a six-time conference champ in the ACC and the 100 and 200, respectively, for those who aren't really track etiquette, that's three-time in the 100, three-time in the 200, six-time, and you have the 89-90 Athlete of the Year. I mean, we're talking LeBron Kirkland, Terry Allen, Elvin Campbell. I mean, all those athletes, great athletes at Clemson, and the 1989-1990 Athlete of the Year goes to my first cousin, Lisa Dillard. And, and let's talk about that. But on top of that, the ACC's 50th anniversary women's track and field in 2002. So, you know, just talk about that for me real quick on the end of that. Oh, wow. So, um, IPTE Athlete, it's, it's actually called IPTE Athlete of the Year. Um, and so it's an honor that's uh, basically bestowed um, to the highest ranking athlete at the time that, that's attending Clemson University. Um, and so to get that award was, uh, man, that was like huge. Um, that was a definite honor. Um, and I was up against, you know, like you say, uh, you know, people that were about to go pro in, in basketball and football. Um, mm-hmm. And so for, um, you know, for a track athlete to, to kind of have to experience that and, and to go up against those guys, you know, once you're nominated, you're thinking, oh, well, there's just no way, you know, there's a Dale Davis in there. There's a Donnell Wolford in here, you know, um, mm-hmm they're, you know, really big high in the draft. So there's just no way. Um, and then to learn that, you know, I was picked um, for that, that was probably, uh, that was, to me, that was pretty amazing. I had come off of a, a great, you know, track season, um, got the chance to, uh, you know, on, off of that to, to head over to Europe um, and come back from Europe and had, you know, just a great experience there. Uh, ran in some really good meets and, um, you know, to get that honor was, to me, that was amazing. I, I just, you know, it's probably one of those things that are on my, um, you know, all-time high list of things that I've accomplished. Yeah. You know, you, you're so busy with the head down, performing, grinding, getting it done every day. And, you know, you got to look back at that journey and realize how much you've done, where you've been, how people have looked at you and the light that you've lit. lit. I mean, a lot of people have just have admired what you've done from afar. I mean, like I told you, I, I remember in going to North Carolina to watch you run at a young age. I know I'm under 10 years old and I'm watching you run. And then not even 11, 12 years later, I don't think about it, but I'm at Virginia State and I'm we're running at North Carolina at their meet. And I'm just I'm like, I've been here before. And then I'm like, oh, this is what, and so it just came full circle to me too. So I was just privileged to be a part of your journey and make my journey along with it. And so um, that's what I'm just speaking first cousin. So I know you have a bunch of others that are appreciative of you. And as this at Commonwealth Sports, we've got to do this because there's more people out in the world that are humble than there is cocky. And you're a perfect example of that. And then you know, with all the great things you've done, a great humanitarian, great woman, great sister, cousin, everything, mother, um, we just really appreciate your time and thank you for coming on. 
Well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. And you guys are doing, you're doing good things. I've, I've seen a couple of your, your shows and, you know, just really proud of you and, um, and, and also what you're bringing, um, you know, to, to our, to the 757, you know, mm -hmm. um, and in this big, big community, just to have people listening and the people that, that you have on, um, you know, it, it's been, it's been, been pretty impressive. Appreciate it. We, we appreciate that for sure. We definitely, we definitely have to show you love for sure. I mean, and like you said, I mean, Joe is one impact that you have, but I mean, it, the reach, you know, goes so far and that that's kind of why we're here is to show you guys what you guys really do. I mean, you think about, like you said, you were one of the first, you know, sprinters on that team. And now here you are down the line, you can see Clemson's part of bringing ACC its own channel, right? Like, they have the ACC network where they only play ACC sports. Like, can you right. imagine that or fathom that by the, when you were an athlete there? Like yeah. that, that's the kind of stuff you have helped pave the way to. Which, which is another thing that makes me just shake my head because, Crazy. you know, it makes no sense that the track program is not up and running right now. I don't know what it will take, but I'm sure those who are highly, highly vested into that program and care are yeah. going to make sure they find out what's going on. Yeah, save that. Tiger Track. Sure. Oh yeah, that's that's the hashtag now. Save Clemson track, uh, men's go. track and field and cross country. So um, yeah, just just to even you know think about that is just really just gives me a pit in my stomach because gotcha. you know they're safe. You know the girls are still there, but you know I, I ran with a bunch of guys and I ran with the guy the likes of James Trap and you know all all those guys and you know to know. Um, you know, Terrence Harrington, who was a, uh, who was an Olympian, just to know the, the, the blood, sweat, and tears, tears that those guys have put into that program and to see, you know, the pot, just to even think of the possibility that it might be dismantled is just so, I, I just can't even, you know, I just can't let myself even go there to even think about it because I know what those guys put into the program and, um, you know, great coaches and, um, you know, stuff like that. So we're definitely um, going to take on this fight. And, um, you know, I'll take on it, you know, very proudly and, and fight for, for those men and, um, you know, for the team now because those kids um, deserve it and to, and to have their world just, you know, rocked. I'm not even, you know, I'm just an alumni and I can see what it's done to me. I can only imagine what those, you know, those young kids are thinking, you know, right now. But, you know, we've had a couple of Zooms, we've done, you know, we're figuring out things that, that we can do to help save the program. And, um, you know, we're meeting, we're sending emails, we're flooding, you know, the, the athletic director's um, emails, we're the president. So um, we're not just going to take this line down, um, Clemson track and field, you know, we're going to fight for you. So there we go. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, the pipeline that Virginia has been blessed with to have through Clemson. We're not going to let that just vanish and go away. Um, it's done us great things. And so I believe with Dabo and Daggum and all that money that football is making, they should be able to be able to scoot a couple of dollars to right. the right and yeah. save their own. You know, that's exactly. how I look at it. But, you exactly. Know. You know, the thing that bothers me is, you know, we're a whole, you got the whole ACC and then you have somebody like Clemson who has a football team that's breaking in millions of dollars and out of the whole ACC, Clemson is the only program that's, that's going to cut. They're tracking, you know, make any cuts on athletics. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. Especially to be the only one, you know. Yeah. You know, I hope that's a one year mistake, you know, because everybody makes them sometimes, but yeah. They got to bring them that men's program back the following year. Exactly. And I don't yeah. know too many track. I don't know too many football programs that don't have at least like six or seven track members. Exactly. On the team. So how yes. did that not correlate? And I mean, like, what did they do? They might have had half and half scholarships. Like, that's when you know it's just it's a little little deeper than rappers across like the state. Exactly. Exactly. What so, football player you know that's got the speed is you know, going to want to come to Clemson now that they can't even, you know, run track. It's exactly. not going to work. Exactly. So, uh -oh. you know, we're going to save Clemson track and field and cross country. We will do that. We will keep up with that. We'll keep up with that. So, thank you for joining right. us. Well, thank you, guys. Yes, right. we appreciate you. No, I love them.
All right. Thank you. You guys right. have a good one. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, LT, I'm going to zoom you back in on another one for the overtime. Let's go. All right. Thanks, Luz. Yeah, boy. We're good now, man. We got good. it done, bro. I was, yo. I don't know. <laughs> Let me get the new one on so we can talk because we got All right, let's do it. Let's do it. So overtime, huh? Overtime. Overtime. I'm talking like she was faster than most guys for at least 15 years, bro. Had to be. Had to be. Because those numbers, bro. Amazing. And said, what, what was her first love? Basketball was her first love. So I want all my friends that know me to understand why I ran collegiate track, but then ran, ran the coach in high school basketball. If that, if that makes any sense. I hope it does. It's embedded in you, bro. I hope it does. Yeah, and that's that's crazy, man. Just that 100 and 203 time. ACC champ. That's crazy. Damn. Can you can you imagine what those opponents had to be like uh, year in and year out when they see step on the track and see her? We are we we talked about the mental you know the mental aspect of track. When you step on a track and you know there's somebody who's beaten you multiple times, right? You know that they're in the way of what you're trying to accomplish. Like I can't imagine. Like it's like I thought it was bad, you know, knowing some guys in high school that were like that, like that, but in college. Is that Dillard girl? <laughs> no joke. 100 and 200? That's amazing, man. Like, it's so specialized these days now that, yeah, you do have 100 and 200 runners that win it, but usually it's such a bigger gap now and how that, that 200 runner more leans toward the 400 now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I was always jealous of, of, of like, sprinters. So I was a mid-distance runner. So, like, when I stepped – when I went out for track, you know, just because, you know, spring was my my free – that was, like, my free my free time. You know, it was always football, basketball. And mm-hmm. then in the spring, I was like, well, I got to do something to stay up. And I was like, track is it. You know, I'm going to do track. You know, I wasn't huge on baseball. So I was like, you know, let me go out there. And um- – Everybody saw it instantly but me. They were like, yo, mid-distance, that's you. And I was like, well, I, I got to put in work for that. What do you mean mid-distance? You know, I got to make sure my endurance is up. I got to – this is crazy. And so I always thought, man, I, I wish I could be a sprinter. But sure enough, the first time I ran the 800, bro, uh, it was history after that. It was like that – it was my race. Sometimes you find your niche, man. That's just how it works. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Like I told you, I didn't want to run, so there was no way I was on 400 or above. <laughs> I hated the college intro. I was scared, bro. Yeah. I was scared. I was like, what do you mean half a mile? I'm going to die out here. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to running, you know, full court, you know, basketball uh, and, and football. You know, a play can only be as long as 100 yards. Yeah. I'm like, look, I don't know if this is for me. And let me and let me go back to it, man. Five three, the smallest one of them all, and the baddest one of them all. I'm talking about Lisa still, where she ran around with Melvin, Stevie, Pebbles, Molly, Mitchells, the Rollies. Everybody that was out there at them fields playing, running around, getting it in, and, you know, couldn't catch Lisa. That's what I know they said. I know they said. <laughs> I know if they played tag, they just couldn't catch Lisa. There's no way. Bro, that's crazy. And like you said, she had to be the, the baddest one of them all. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, we had athletes because, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get them their credit freeze. Is the reason I played cornerback. He played cornerback at Ferrum. That's her brother. Stevie, safety, would hit anything that come across the line of scrimmage. And, and, and they was part of that successful franchise or that great run that Tab had with that dynasty. 
And so, you know, it's just a list of them, man. Aunt Molly plays softball at Hampton. Like, come on. And the funny thing is, is it's just as a platform for us to be other things in life. So I, that's, right. why I, that's why I have this platform to explain to people that it's not just one thing, man. You know, you utilize this, you have a plan, you have multiple plans and you execute them. And that's just right. simple facts. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's just so you can flash your greatness, man, and and you know, ultimately to master it and and to grasp it and to put it in, you know, something that you were made to do, is is the end goal. But but like you said, that long history of stuff and like your your family doing stuff like that, and you know, it's just to pass it down. Like you, when you grow up around that stuff, you know, hey, I was meant to be great. You know, now I just got to find it, grasp it, and apply it to whatever it is. Absolutely. And that's what keeps the grind going, man. That's what keeps the grind going. So, you know, shout out to Grind and Pray. They've been holding me down the whole time through this process. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Legacy Makers are doing a great job. You know, we are finally here. This is the end of season two. Um, this is overtime. You know, the finale, the neat, it's over. What's up, man? What are we doing for season three? Right. <laughs> Definitely. Well, this was Commonwealth Sports Talk bringing it to you, man, live, season two, all the way through. Appreciate the supporters. Appreciate the fans. Hey, man, stay safe out there. Let's try and get things somewhat back to normal, man, try and get things right. So um, appreciate everybody out there tuning in. We out. All right. My God. All right. So.